Hey everybody, what's going on? Welcome to another episode, this week's episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. I'm your host, Jacob Robery, and as always, guys, I'd like to welcome y'all to the show this week. Uh, this week's a very, very big week for all of us, guys. Uh, we heading into the opener of duck season here in the East Zone in Louisiana. Um, those of you who hunted the West Zone and the uh, Coastal Zone, you guys seem to be off to a very, very good start. Uh, so you got to be, things are looking up, it seems like, for the new season this year. And uh, as we sit here tonight, we're, uh, we're joined by a couple of guests here on the show, uh, a couple of good friends of mine, um, Mr. Troy Fontenot from Ville Platte, Louisiana, Mr. David Lemoyne from Marksville, Louisiana, and Jackson Robery uh, from Gonzales, Louisiana. So guys, just like to welcome y'all to the show tonight. Uh, y'all can tell everybody hello. What's happening? <coughs> What's up? And guys, as we record this show tonight, we are sitting here at David's, uh, our good buddy David's camp here in Marksville, Louisiana, getting ready. Uh, we're just now, what are we, what are we guys inside, uh, 10 hours till we open it up <coughs> for the East zone, huh? Yeah. Yep. About 10 hours. About 10 hours yep. away right yeah, now. We just, uh, we just ate a great meal tonight. I have to share, give David a, a hats off to David, man. Uh, David, tell everybody what was on the menu tonight here at the camp for everybody. Well, instead of having uh, instead of having pulled pork sandwiches, we had pulled duck sandwiches. So uh, basically, what I did was take uh, I took about three gray ducks and a and a teal that we killed last weekend during the veterans hunt, and uh, seasoned them up real good with some uh, some tonies and a uh, little bit of carrots and potatoes, and uh, put them in the crock pot about nine o'clock this morning. They've been cooking all day till about six o'clock this evening, and uh, Basically, just debone them, put them back in the juice for about 30 minutes, let them suck up that juice, and then uh, you just fix your wheat hoagie bread with what you want on it and go to town. That's all it is. Man, I have to tell you, that's the first time I ever ate probably <coughs> that in a crock pot. Uh, what, a couple of years ago we did it, yeah, huh, It was the first time yeah, we did it. Second, about two years ago we did it. But never came. David, when we came up here for opening weekend a few years ago, and David, you cooked for us, and we... As always, man, we love coming here, visiting with you. We've become good friends with you over the years. And uh, we've really had a, had a good time. But that is a phenomenal recipe. I have to hand it to you. Well, we even got Jackson involved tonight eating uh, duck for the first time. Yeah, right. yeah Jackson was, uh, he was a little squirrely, though. He didn't, <coughs> he didn't eat the gizzard first go round. But uh, with a little, uh, a little encouragement and a little talking to him yeah, about how it. to how the ducks look at it, he uh, he went ahead and, and got the gizzard, so he's good to go for tomorrow. So, Jackson, what do they tell you about eating a gizzard? Tell everybody listening tonight, what, what do they tell you about it? What's the, what's, the, what's the superstition with the gizzard? They said that if you don't eat the gizzard, don't come crying at me that you didn't shoot any ducks. <laughs> and, so if you don't kill any ducks tomorrow, it's because you didn't eat the gizzard that you put on your plate, right? Hey, I ate it. Yeah, he sure did. He sure did. Yeah. So we're having a good time. Man, as you can tell, guys, we got great food, great company tonight. And uh, I mentioned, you know, at the beginning of the show here that we kind of recapping. We opened up in Louisiana last week, the coastal zone and the west zone. Uh, and I have to admit, you know, all the reports we've seen, it's been a great opener so far. Uh, a lot of birds were shot this week, man, and, and that's been a good, good deal uh, because it's a long time coming. Wouldn't y'all agree on that? Yep. Oh, yep. Man. It's been a long time since we've seen <coughs> yeah. numbers like this. Yeah. Yeah. The reports, you know, I don't, I don't know if they did any actual aerial surveys this year because of the COVID situation, but, uh, I was fortunate enough to make a hunt this week and actually hunt the coastal zone. 
you know, growing up where we grew up in, uh, in you know, uh, Ville Platte, Louisiana, um, not too far from here in Marksville, we always hunted the East Zone. That's what we grew up hunting. Yeah. Um, all of us here tonight always have hunted pretty much the East Zone. Um, I did get a, a call this week uh, from my good friend Charlie Paraloo from Hammond, Louisiana, and uh, he he's called me up and said, "Hey, Jacob, look, I got a place over in uh, in the Bluffs and Marsh." He said, "I'm I'm gonna do." A uh, hunt on Monday, would you be interested in coming? And I, I snatched that opportunity up, I have to admit. And uh, took a trip over to the Biloxi Marsh with Charlie Perilou. Uh Did some marsh hunting, and we we had a really good hunt. Um, you know, guys, I can't tell you the amount of gray ducks we saw Monday in the marsh. Now, you know, looking at the temperatures, the, the temperature was working out real well this week for the west zone and for the uh, coastal zone opener. Um and the wind, when we got there, we uh, we put in in Campos Marina down in Shell Beach on Monday, and the wind was absolutely pumping. Uh, so it set up for a really good day, and I was expecting to see a, a pretty good hunt um, as long as we had some birds, and it didn't disappoint, I have to admit. We ended up shooting a two-man lemon on Monday um, with uh, pretty much all gray ducks. I think we had all grays and uh, one uh, model duck. So couldn't ask for a better hunt to start out my season personally. Um, I know you guys down in Venice, Louisiana, that are listening to the show. Y'all had a really good opening weekend. Same thing, a lot, a lot of gray ducks. Um, and we look for that to, I guess, kind of carry into the east zone this week, huh, guys? What are we expecting uh, on the east zone? Uh, well, I can tell you from last weekend, we hunted the we hunted the veterans hunt, the Veterans Day last Sunday. And uh, uh, once that front came through about 830, uh there were a lot of ducks that started moving. A lot of gray ducks started moving. They didn't make too much noise, not too much chatter, but once they saw the decoys and if you had a little bit of movement in there, they were uh, they were committed. They were committed to yeah. coming in. So it was it was a good hunt. We ended up scratching 11 on uh, on Sunday. Uh, me and a friend of mine went in for the veteran <laughs> hunt, and uh, so that was a good day. Uh, yeah. We had a, we had a good hunt on that Sunday. That's awesome. And, and you know, you, we mentioned the veterans hunt, guys. For those of y'all who weren't familiar with the veterans hunt that was awarded this year. To our uh, military veterans, both current and non-current, I think it, I think that's absolutely a phenomenal idea that Wildlife and Fisheries, Louisiana Department of Wildlife Fisheries, came up with. And both David, you and Troy, are ex, you know, you know, military. Um, what did you guys? Uh, how do y'all feel about that being awarded this year? What did y'all think about it when you saw that <coughs> I on the regulations? I squandered away. I fucking slept. Yeah, <laughs> was that? I said, I squandered mine away, I slept. Uh, I, was, I messed I was, up and, and hunted this Saturday and then sleep, you know, for two days and I messed up this Sunday. Yeah. Messed I was, up this Sunday. I was excited when it came out. Uh, I actually had a friend of mine that called me uh, back in uh, late July when the pamphlet came out and asked me what I was doing on the 15th. And I said, well, hopefully duck hunting. And he said, well, yeah, he said, you're going to be duck hunting. It's Veterans Day. So uh, once I got the pamphlet... Um, I was uh, I was surprised they awarded us two days one one the day before the season and one the day after yeah. after the season closes so uh, uh, it's a good thing you know and I was excited because instead of having sixty days to hunt I got sixty two days to right. hunt now yeah yeah and, and honestly it worked really good as a scouting tool for us yeah, this year yeah, to right. open up the season <laughs> yeah I think that's a great thing if you hunt with somebody who's a veteran hell. You got a little bit of extra intel heading into the into the opener here in the uh, in the east zone and as well as the coastal. And, uh, I hope they you know, keep it going. You know. Yeah, I, I hope this is something that they continue to do for you know years down the road. So I have to hand it to them. Uh, hats off to Louisiana Department of Wildlife Fishers. Y'all y'all did a good thing there. 
then I think it's going to be something that if we can continue to carry it on, a lot of people are going to be involved and participate in it. So I'm glad you guys got to, to uh, you know, have that awarded out this year to y'all. Um, also, we had the youth weekend, and it's kind of the same story with the youth weekends in all the zones. Um, the youth weekends, a lot of great dogs, guys. That seems to be the story, I have to admit. Um, if y'all are looking at the reports and you're looking at what's coming in and being killed, gray ducks, gray ducks, gray ducks. That has to be the story right now. Yep, a lot of gray ducks in the area. Uh, we went out on a Saturday with uh, my buddy that came with me on the Sunday. We took his little boy out on, on the Saturday, and uh, we had uh, we had one bunch of gray ducks that worked on us and lit, and he was able to get one out of there. He got his first, uh, first gray duck drake, so that was a good hunt for him. And uh, we just, you know, we didn't stay too long, but uh, we enjoyed it. We got to see what the birds were doing, and uh, and got a, and uh, you know, kind of got a feel of what's coming for the for the for the regular season. So that was a good that was a good uh, good day. Yeah, and David, just to kind of touch base, obviously we had a, a you know this year has been the year of the hurricane. It seems like in Louisiana, um, I know Marksville, Louisiana, where you located right here, um, they got the eye of the storm, one of the storms, the hurricanes that came through. Um, over the last month or two, it's kind of how did it affect the air, or did it affect the air? As far as you think the waterfowl hunt is going to go this year? Uh, well, I think it was it was early enough where it didn't really affect it because uh, I mean we got eight eight and almost nine inches of rain over here with the with the second storm that came through, so it, it put a lot of water down. But uh, thankfully <coughs> for us, it was it was earlier. Uh, it, w it wasn't that close to the season, and the water has actually dropped to about uh, pool, huh? for us. Yeah, for us in spring bayou, it's dropped to about its normal range. So it's it's back to where it should be. We got lucky, uh, but we didn't it, get it had a lot of uh, with the water we had. We had a, a lot of a lot of uh, wood ducks that uh, that came out this year. We had a good crop of wood ducks. So there's a lot of wood ducks that were in the woods that are that are now coming out into the regular water area that we normally have water in, and the ridges are back out. So. Uh, so that's a, that's a good thing for us. We have <coughs> ducks in the area. That's a plus. Yeah. And, Charlie, you and I were actually talking about the wood ducks. David told us today when we got here, he said the wood duck population seemed to be real good here at Spring Bayou um, from what he's seeing so far. But we were talking about the, the lack of wood ducks kind of we see in this year. <coughs> I know you made a hunt on the West Zone the other day. You made a, what was it, I think a dedicated wood duck hunt, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 We always go to, um, we always go to the Woodward, Louisiana, and make a little hunt along that bayou and um i didn't see no wood ducks in that hunt but um i've gotten a lot of reports <clears throat> after that that there was a lot of wood ducks in that in the area like a i guess the state of louisiana i guess it just wasn't there in my area where i was at but um yeah it could have been tomorrow a morning we'll see exactly you know yeah you know because we'll get a full report you know from red river uh, spring bayou uh, buff whatever you know i mean all our places that we hunt <clears throat> we'll get some good reports to see just how many birds in there, you know. Yeah, we located here not too far from Dewey Wills, uh, Catahoula Lake. It's just what, David, how far from where we located here in Morrisville? Oh, you're probably, you're probably about 40, 40, about 45 minutes south of uh, Catahoula. Yep. So as a bird flies, we're not very far. So we got, we in an area, guys, here in the central part of the state here where, you know, it, it's a great area uh, for a lot of different species. Uh, David, you've been hunting. You've been hunting this area for quite a while now. We have me and Troy have been hunting it for many, many years. Predominantly, what do you see year after year? What's the number one species that y'all typically kill here? Uh, usually a lot of teal, uh, a lot of green wing teal. Once the once the green wings get in here, we still see a few a uh, few blue wings in the first split, but mo a majority of it's a lot of green wing teal. A lot of gray ducks have started to come in. We used to see a lot more mallards. 
but uh, that's and that's starting to pick up uh, as as the sea, as the years go by. So uh, we're starting to see a lot a lot more mallards coming in earlier in the season than what they normally do. <coughs> yeah, we you know looking going into more morning we had a, we have a little warm up here today. We sitting here tonight around the campfire. Right. Uh, <laughs> it's definitely warmer, <laughs> and me and Troy have been talking over uh, the last week or so. It seems like every year. Uh, right at opening, you know, opening morning, you get that that uh, lack of wind, huh, Troll? Every, uh, every year. I mean, all week long, it was pumping. It was the wind's been pumping oh, pretty yeah. good. Ten to fifteen all, all week long. Ten to fifteen, and then you come open at night, and I, I told light I, variable. I, a light variable. That's right. What I told Troll. I said, I said he can't give. He ain't gonna make it easy on us. Oh, so Mother Nature heard that part of hunting. Shit, he just never makes it easy. Life was squirrel season. Everything was good except for the the full moon that, that screwed us up, and then tomorrow. No wind, so I mean, yep. I guess we got to take what, what she gives us, you know. Now, are y'all expecting? I know. Look, this year with COVID, it's a different situation altogether. A lot of guys are saying they're expecting a lot more people in the woods this year, a lot more people in the reservoirs this year, hunting. With the COVID situation going on, do y'all think think we're seeing an influx of hunters tomorrow morning, or y'all think it's going to be about normal? What What's your thoughts on that? You think that plays into it? Well, I think a lot of it depends on. Uh, um, a lot of the, the businesses right now. I mean, you still have businesses that are that are that are open. People are at work right now. This weekend, I mean, I've seen a I've seen a, a about the average of what I normally see for opening weekend as far as boats <coughs> coming in. Yeah, I mean, uh, people yeah. with boat blinds coming in to go scout and see where they can hunt at. Um, if it's anything like uh, like it was for in the in the spring for uh, when COVID hit real hard. I mean, we had anywhere from 50 to 60 boats at the boat landing for a good two and a half months, any day of the week and twice on Sundays. Yeah, you so, were saying there was quite an influx in the fishing. Yeah, a lot, a lot yeah. of influx in the fishing. But I, I think from what I've seen this week and, you know, the week and a half uh, leading up <coughs> to the opening tomorrow. Well, we had a lot um, of places closed up, too. It's a, yeah, you know? it's about average of what we normally see uh, right now throughout the throughout the, the opening weekend but you know once again you know it's it all depends on you know what you once you get out there in the water and you kind of see how many people you got out there how many boats are out there that'll kind of determine on you know if the ducks are going to be moving how you know wh which way they're going to be going from you know so you got a lot of variables that are cut that are going to come into play tomorrow yeah and you know a lot of a lot of the scouting here over the years you know we've been hunting this this place quite a long time this is just one example of this place but there's wildlife management areas all over the state you know, a lot of guys um, don't quite understand how the scouting tends to go here, I, I find, as I'm getting older. They think that, okay, well, hey, did you go ride around? Did you see hundreds of birds on the water sitting in the wildlife management area? And and that's really not the case at all. We were talking about that today, too. Um, it, it's just a – isn't it kind of different in y'all opinion to what we see? Uh, <laughs> sound like somebody's getting an early jump there. They uh, had a yeah. shot fired just now in the background. But – uh. Yeah, I mean, here, guys, we surrounded by ag fields, right? Yeah. So, David, kind of explain how that how that works in your opinion with the way the birds move into this reserve. Well, you got some uh, to the to the basically to the northeast. You got a lot of uh, rice fields, and uh, you've got some kind of to the uh, a little bit to the south. You've got some also, and basically, what the birds do is they'll come in and they'll get and they'll set up in there. Um, and I mean, if you don't have anybody that's hunting those fields, or they or they don't have any uh, what they call the uh, the propane cannons to get them birds moving, I mean, if there's no push, they're just going to sit there. They're not going to do anything. So you're really not, you know, I mean, you may not see the number of birds you think you're going to see. Um, 
but hopefully they'll have some people moving around tomorrow morning. Uh, they should have a good number of people out there. I know everybody's excited for duck season to be here and uh, being able to get out in the woods, get back, you know, get back in nature and just just kind of be out there with their kids, whatever, and, and just have a good time and enjoy themselves. So hopefully there'll be a lot of people out there moving so that we can get the birds moving in the area. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that 100%. And Jackson, you know, you, this is the first year, you're now 11 years old. This is the first year that we've actually drug you along for opening weekend when we travel. <clears throat> um, I know you go to the camp and hunt with us a lot. Um, you hunt close to the house with us a lot. But what what's it mean to you to be able to participate this year with all the grown-ups and actually travel and hit the roof open a weekend this year. It just means a lot because usually I don't get to come on. I usually don't get to come for open a weekend. And usually y'all, I always hear these stories about how y'all kill a bunch of birds on open a weekend. And whenever we just go on a normal hunt, hunt at our camp, sometimes we'll either kill none or we'll kill like two or three. Yeah, so this this means a lot for you to be able to come out for open a weekend. <clears throat> it's kind of becoming, it's, it's becoming a man, I guess. You know, and you've become part of you. You inaugurated inaugurated into the group, you know, so to say. Because, like you said today, you know, um, you know, Dad. Once you do that, you pretty much go every year after that, you know. And it's not like you've been not hunting with us for many years. We've yeah. been dragging you along since you followed <laughs> with us. That's right. Uh, but it, it does it does have a different meaning when you could go open a weekend and you could participate like the the rest of the group does. So he's now in the clan. <laughs> he's in the clan now. That's right. <laughs> You're in the hunting clan now, so you, you inaugurated into it. But, uh, but guys, look, one of the things I wanted to talk about tonight on this show, this episode, is I've been, you know, we all we all now with social media and just the, talking to other hunters out there with the coastal zone opening up, the west zone opening up last week, you know, <clears throat> online, just the bitching and absolute complaining and some of the some of the just dumbass questions that are being asked out there on social media. Uh, I wanted to kind of get y'all take on some of this stuff um, that I've that we saw online. We've been discussing and we kind of laugh at, but a lot, there's been a lot of bitching and complaining on social media, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, uh, wherever it may be. And you hear a lot of hunters, especially us. We're older guys now that have been doing this for a long time. And you hearing a lot of guys throw out the phrase, a lack of respect out there. That's tossed around on social media. So when you see that, a, li- a lack of respect, what are y'all thinking when you hear that most of the time? <laughs> well, I can tell you from, from my standpoint, uh, born in the late 60s, you know, growing up, and my grandfather, my dad, uh, my relatives, you know, it, there's – it's kind of like a, a hunter's etiquette, you know. Um, it's not a written rule, but it's, it's, it's kind of like a hunter's etiquette, you know. You see people hunting in a certain area, we'll go find you another spot, you know. Okay. You're passing by somebody that's got, you know, that's setting up to hunt, slow down if you're in a boat, you know. Right. Things like that, um, you know, just... Uh, common courtesy. Common <clears throat> courtesy in the area where you're hunting, especially on a wildlife management area, because it's basically first come, first serve right. when you get on And you there. only got so many places to go. Yeah, and I mean, you, yeah, you only have so many places you can go, you only have so much acreage that you can hunt on, but you know, these days, even, and not just during hunting season, I mean, I see it during during the summertime, spring, summer, when we're fishing also, I mean, there's, there's, uh, the common courtesy, a lot of it's gone out the window. I mean, oh, yeah. even just passing by a boat, somebody fishing, you know, 
people don't slow down. They pass by you going, you know, 50 miles an hour with a 200 Mercury on the yeah. back, yeah. and you know, and put a six foot, you know, a six foot weight coming up on your boat, and you're trying to fish right there. Yeah. So there's a lot of there's a lot of things that have gone out the wayside, and I think it has to do a lot with the the changing of of not just the social media, you know, just but you look back to the to the. I call it the good old days, you yeah, know, back definitely. when we were born and grew up. How and, we were raised. And, yeah, you know, how you were raised and stuff. And a lot of that stuff has gone out the wayside and it's gone out the window where, right. you know, the, the yeah. younger generation is not, it's not, the, it's not, like I said, it's not a written rule. They're not abiding by it, but they don't, they don't really understand it. They don't understand it. Yeah. And I think a lot of it has to do with the way you're raised, you know, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of new hunters are being exposed to the sport. I would have to say now, especially waterfowl hunting, you know. Well, uh, with all the waterfowl, like your Doug Dynasty, and everybody tends to blame the Doug Dynasty boom and all that, yeah. but it's not just that. Yeah. There's just a lot of people that are exposed, they're interested in waterfowl hunting nowadays. Um, you, you know, a lot of the younger generation, they may not have had parents that took them when they were younger, yep. you know, like we were. We were blessed to have that. Or at least somebody take us, you know, as a chaperone, right. you know, drag us in the woods. <clears throat> yeah. You know, and, and nowadays, I don't think you see that as much probably. And, and I think it's not always just a, a disrespect. I think, like you said, it's kind of a, a just not being raised, uh, you know, to a certain way to be aware of that. You Correct. know, and they're surrounded. So, yeah, I agree not, with they're that. They're not taught. It's, and it's, I don't, it's it's not something you can find in a textbook. It's 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 more along, you know, just a – Yep. It's a, a – I don't know. It's just something that comes it's up. It's an unwritten rule. Yeah, it's an unwritten know? rule where, you know, you just you give a little common you know? courtesy to everybody that's out there. Because y'all all trying, you know, especially if you're hunting at this time of the year, they're all, you know, majority of them are all trying to do the same thing. Springtime, everybody's trying to fish. They're all trying to do the same thing. Right. You know, so it's kind of an unwritten rule where you just, a little common courtesy to everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, the younger generation, I don't want to blame it on just the younger generation because it's not just no, those guys. that's right. I mean, how often times we see guys our age, you know? Well, or, I mean, <clears throat> the worst thing is, you know, you get your ass up 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, you get to your spot, let's say, you know, 4, 4 o'clock, set up, and then you got some idiot coming in about 5.30 in the morning setting up 100 yards from you. Yeah. You know, that don't make no sense. I mean, sense. that just, yeah. you know. And, I, and like you said, it's not, it's not just... It's not really we're blaming it on the younger generation. It's it's just that they were not taught that by the the older generation because maybe the older generation wasn't taught that way. So right. it, it's a trickle down effect, is what it basically boils down. Yeah, to. it is. It is. And guys, y'all probably hear a lot of the the barking in the background. That's gonna be the our pets that we got tonight with us. They hanging out with us at the camp as well. It's our guard dogs. So, as the guard dogs, they chasing uh after the rabbits and stuff. Here, so, but uh, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, the phrase lack of respect, I think that's one thing that I really noticed this week was thrown out. Um, something else that caught my attention, I just I absolutely kind of laughed at it. But there was a guy on social media, and I want to get y'all take on this. This guy hunts, hunt, is hunting public land. He's on a forum, and he's bitching and complaining about how hunt, other hunters in the WMA were using his flag trail that he had set out, then hunting his spot whenever he got to open in the morning. So... <laughs> You know, this guy's on public land. He's out there flagging, you know. Yeah. And then if you're stupid enough to, I mean, it, it's 2000, almost 2021. And if you're still using flagging, you probably don't need to be in the woods somewhere. Yeah, well, I mean, on a WMA, if you're on public land and it's a WMA, technically you're not supposed to That's flag. Right. And if you do flag going in, you're supposed to pull your flagging down coming out. So, right. 
if you if you're flagging going in and somebody sees you and you leave it and somebody sees you flagging and they go hunt your spot, that's well, that's on you. That's I mean yeah. that's yeah. that's not anybody else's fault but you. So if you're going on WMA property to hunt and you flag going in. Pull your flag and coming back that's out. It's like I if mean, you leave a deer stand. Yeah. If you leave a deer stand and somebody else finds your deer stand and hunts it, hey, Bubba, that, that, that's free game. That's yeah. supposed to leave your gear. Which I got a point I'm going to bring up. Mm -hmm. There was an incident with a deer stand this week. I'm going to bring it up and get your take on it, which I kind of got Troy's take there. But, well, but yeah, I mean, if somebody, you know, if I leave flagging and I mark a trail, and look, granted, we've all done it before, <laughs> you know. We've, we've marked the trail probably and went in. But if I get to that spot and – we all left the launch at legal time, you uh -huh. know, and that guy's in my spot, and he beat me to it. Then guess what? It's yeah. fair game, in my opinion. <coughs> well, yeah. it. You know, I, the time. last thing I'm going to do is hop on social media and go bitch to everybody about, oh, I flat. first of all, admit that I did something illegal yeah. on right. the WMA, and then second of all, <laughs> yes. that older guy, I was too lazy to get up early and leave when I yeah. should have, uh, which That's may it. not have been the case in this situation, but, you know, who knows? This guy could have got to his spot and somebody was sitting in there before – Legal time to go into the wildlife management area. We we don't know the details, but I thought I thought that was really really funny, um, you know. And that's just something that I I, I don't see myself getting on social media personally and complaining no. about something that's you know that's, that's petty. A, that's petty. It is. It is. But once again, we in different times now, and that's how it goes. Um, there was another incident, and, and this, going back to the whole deer stand thing, um, there was another incident of a guy. He was complaining that he had left his deer stand in the woods this week, yeah. and uh, he wanted to make future hunts, which, look, lots of guys do it. I'm not oh, a big yeah. deer hunter. <clears throat> Troy, you're not a big deer hunter. No. Jackson, you're not a huge deer hunter, but you're a deer slayer. Yeah, exactly. Every time you go, you seem to I kill a deer. He's back a thousand. He's back a thousand. Hey, I've gone a bunch of times, and only one time I've gone, I didn't kill all the other times I've killed. Yeah, you think it's way more easier than it, than yeah, it is. You're hunting the, team deer in them uh, private land areas. Yeah. <laughs> no. no, they leave. They, it's some tough hunting, but uh, he's been pretty lucky so far. So. I never but, killed a buck, though. All I've killed was does. You will. Yeah, worry. you will. You keep at it, you will, I promise you. But this gentleman, he was on social media. His situation was that he had uh, left a deer stand that he wanted to hunt for future hunts. And he was angry because somebody had destroyed the deer stand. So somebody found this guy's deer stand and destroyed it. So I kind of, I have two two kind of feelings on that as far as that goes personally. But but just you know, my, the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, it takes an asshole to to take a guy's deer stand that he sees yeah. out there and just kind of destroy it. You know, in my yeah. opinion. Uh, <laughs> but as a public land hunter, once again, guys, you leaving your property on public land, in a WMA. And, David, you kind of mentioned something to me earlier tonight about leaving. I don't deer hunt, like I mentioned, so I wasn't aware of this. But you said that you can leave a deer stand on a wildlife management area. Is that correct? Yeah, you can leave. You Once deer season opens, you can, you, can, uh, you can put your deer stand up, and you can leave it in there while deer season is open. However, the, the stipulation is... Your deer stand must to be must be put in a non-hunting position when right. you leave, and it has to be tagged with your name and phone number and address. So, if you go on a WMA and you put up a deer stand and you hunt it, and then when you get ready to leave, you bring it down in a non-hunting configuration and tag it and everything, you're good. Uh, if you leave it up 
in a hunting configuration and you go in there the next day and somebody's on it well i mean that's <laughs> yeah that's you know, public land it's public land it's first come first serve <clears throat> and then from what i understand is i think you have uh once the season closes i think you have either 48 or 72 hours to get your deer stand off the public land like in a wma so okay. um but yeah, a lot, you know, a lot of people go put their stands up and they don't tag them, they don't lock them up, they leave them in right. a hunting situation, and you know, they get reports through the through the wildlife management area, you know, through the wildlife and fisheries, and then they'll go until take their deer stand down because it's not tagged or, or, or put up, you know, it's not in a it's not in the proper configuration where the right. where the, you know if you're not hunting it anymore. Correct. You know, this guy, if this guy stand got freaking you know mangled like he said it did. Uh, hey, this guy probably had some modest, maybe he encroached on some modest area that they had been scouting and hunting. That's just my thoughts. I have no clue yeah. exactly to what happened. But once again, but you on social media bitching about it on private, or I'm sorry, public land. Um, either A, he had a confrontation with some modest. Yeah. Because most guys, I'm going to be honest with y'all, and y'all know this too, you probably agree with this, is if they found that deer stand and it was a nice deer stand, uh, instead of, you know, mangling it, they would have probably stole it. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know? You know, how often do we see that The biggest thing on WMAs on, on public land is what you, you know, you need to, you need to take into consideration is keep in mind, it's first come first serve. I mean, if you yep. didn't get out there early enough to hunt your stand that you've got out there and somebody else is on it, well, you know, maybe the next morning you need to wake up, you know, 30 minutes earlier. But, yeah, or you know, it's something, you know. Yeah, it's first come, first serve. So, I mean, if, if you're going to sit there and bitch about it, then either go get you a lease and hunt on some private property that you leased out or, or go yeah, find somebody exactly. else who's got some private like property you can hunt on. But, problem. you know, quit, quit getting your feelings hurt. Yeah, and that's going to kind of lead us, I'm sure, a lot of those feelings kind of lead into this next point. But how many times... And, and you Sorry. may, you know, they paint his nails and answer the name, bitch, more than a two. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that could, that's an option, always an option. But... Oftentimes, waterfowl hunters, guys, and, and I go all across the state hunt waterfowl hunting every year. Troy, you bounce around. David, I know you hunt some other areas too sometimes. But you see on social media, my blonde, the term my blonde, <laughs> yeah. when they're talking about a duck blonde. So what's happening is, guys, you know that are listening, you know just like we know, somebody goes out there, they, they hunt a WMA here in the state, they're going to go out a week before or a couple of days before. They're going to build a brush blonde, okay? Uh, some, of the, some of these guys are building permanent blondes. I've seen it. How many oh, times yeah. we've run across oh, yeah. that happen, yep. you know? Uh, you know, which is completely illegal, but my blonde. So, you know, I guarantee you you're going to hear guys tomorrow on Facebook, on Instagram, on whatever it is, TikTok, any social media platform or on these forums, and they're going to be bitching about how they showed up tomorrow morning and their blonde had somebody in it. You know, so what's your what's your take on the whole my blind situation? Well, on a WMA, first of all, uh, your blind. If, you, if you're talking about my blind, yeah. it should only uh, it should only conform to like if you have a boat with a blind on it, or, or maybe a brush blind, yeah, or maybe. But it's your blind. That's your boat. You have a blind on it. That's your blind. Yeah. If you go out there and throw brush in a marsh somewhere or in a, in a shallow That's not area, your it's not your blind. <laughs> Again, it goes back to you're on public land. It's yeah. first come, first serve. And if that hurts your feelings, then you probably either need to get out of hunting or go find someplace else to right. hunt. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think a lot of that could be boiled down to if it's hurting your feelings for that. You know, now, I, look, hold on. Let me stop for a second because I did have another take. Like I, I talked to Jared, you know, who's a good friend of ours, Jared, he used Troy. This week, and he said, man, you know, 
I'm kind of on the other end of the spectrum. I think if you spend the time to build that blind and you show up opening morning, somebody sitting in your blind, you should have the right to be able to hunt that blind or at least confront the, the, the guys in that blind and say, hey, look, I built the blind. Um, would you mind if I hunt it or we all hunt together? So, yeah, I agree. There's some peaceful resolutions to that situation. Oh, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, I've, I've, I've done that several times on WME. Just got there and you know, somebody been in the blind. And we asked him, "Hey, man, you, you know, can we hunt together?" You know, and, and, hey, like I said, you can spend two weeks building a blind in the WMA, but if you get there five minutes late, that's the guy's blind. If he's in there, he's in there. You know, yep. there's yeah. nothing you can do. You yeah, know? and that's that's just the way it goes. Yeah. You know? I mean, if you go if you go out there, let's say you go out there, you know, a couple of days before and put brush down. Yeah. And then you go out there that, that the morning of the hunt, and there's there's somebody in that that brush pile you put. That's well, his. I mean. I mean he, they're hunting there right you could probably technically take your brush out right because you put the brush in yeah, yeah that's a good it would point. probably piss them off yeah but i mean that's another avenue to look at i mean you take your brush back you put the brush in you take it out you know and, and uh well, so i mean that is to get a, a there's blind. you know yeah you know? a boat a boat blinds are that's a great point yeah. a boat blinds a good option you know we all hunt with boat blinds um, I know, David, you have a boat blind for when you do go mobile. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we that's kind of why we all eventually purchased boat right, blinds. Right, yep. Yeah. Was for that reason because it makes us mobile. We can pick up. We get to a spot that we scouted and, and, and somebody's in that hole, then guess what? We can move and we can set up in a hurry if we got to. So, I, you know, that guy who's out there bitching about my blind, my blind, hell, man, invest in a, in a, in a good blind that goes on your boat, uh, <laughs> you know, or – if, if you worried about somebody getting to your blind, I'd be that guy who's, you know, leaving at 4 o'clock whenever the wildlife management area allows us to leave, and I'd make sure I got a big enough motor to get there first if, that was, right. if I'm that worried about yeah. it. Bring you an alarm clock and wake up, you know, 15 yeah. minutes before shooting hours. Yeah, because I have to tell you, man, the guys that are usually bitching about that or the guys that are rolling in, they got their blind built. They think they're good to go. Nobody's yeah. going to hunt it. Yeah. They're rolling in freaking 10, 15 minutes before shooting time. And trying to throw out decoys. Yeah. You know, I had a story from a couple of years ago. We hunt, you know, we, we live in Gonzales, Louisiana. We hunt the uh, uh, the local marsh not too far from the house, the uh, Manchac Wildlife yeah. Management Area. And I'm going to tell you why, you know, you just don't concede to somebody who says that's my blonde. I'm going to give you the opposite end right. of the spectrum. I, I had hunted during the week. I was off during the week at Manchac Wildlife Management Area a few years ago. And... We had a lot of divers coming in that year. We were killing bluebills, uh, jacks. We were, jacks. We were killing, you know, a mixed bag of divers. And what those divers were doing, they weren't going near the islands. They were setting up in the middle of the pockets, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and I hunted a blind, that had, a brush blind that somebody had built, uh, you know, a week earlier or a couple of days earlier. It wasn't that old because it, uh, it was green. It was fresh. And I hunted, I think it was a Wednesday that I hunted that blind. Nobody ever showed up. We never had no problems, had a successful hunt, we killed birds. Very next morning, I was off again. I took a friend of mine, two friends of mine, I invited them to come with me, and we went out there and we got to that blind. We were the first ones in the in, that left the launch. There was nobody with us at the time. Got to that same blind and got in the blind. Well, about 30 minutes before shooting time, this guy comes rolling up solo in, in a blind in his own boat. And says, hey, man, y'all got to get the fuck out of my blind because I built that blind yesterday and I hunted it yesterday. Well, I told a guy, I said, no, you didn't. I said, because I was here yesterday and I hunted the blind 
and we hunted it and never had nobody show up. He said, no, you a fucking liar. He said, you need to get the fuck out of my blind now because I hunted this blind and limited it out yesterday. And I told him once again, I said, dude, you can fucking kick rocks. I said, because I was here yesterday and I hunted this blind and we ended up hunting through 1130. So unless this guy hunted that blind from 1130 to 2 o'clock, that guy never showed up the day before. Yeah. So you will have an instance where that, you know, somebody like that's lying. Uh, he may have had something to do with that blind. But he didn't do. He didn't. He wasn't hunting the day it before, yeah. like he told me he was hunting. Yeah. And I wasn't about to move out of it. So he said, "I'm gonna go down. To, I'm gonna go down a ways right here." He said, "I'm gonna shoot every time I see a, a a thing of birds come in, a flock of birds." And I told him, "I said, you do that." I said, "That's perfectly fine. That's your right to do it." I said, "But you may have a visitor after a while, whenever it starts happening." And I never had problems with the guy. I gotta be honest with you. After that, he kind of tucked tail and he went down and got out of there and went to a different spot. But that is just an example of somebody coming in trying to boss you around and make you move out of a blind when, in fact, he may have never even had nothing to do with building a blind. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. And it was public. We were Trying within our rights to hunt. Blind. Yep. That's right. We were well within our rights to hunt that blind. And, it, you know, if the guy would have approached it differently, guys, you know, and come and said, hey, man, look, I'm by myself. Because the first thing I was thinking was this guy's by himself. Well, let's yeah. ask him to hunt with us. Right. That's the first thing I was thinking. Yeah. But when he started kicking a, a cocky ass attitude, and he was, you know, telling all me, all bets I are off. Yeah. At that point, all bets are off. And, now and, you're going to the street game. Yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> now you start, you start getting into a difference. We scenario. had an um, incident in Buff years ago that we 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 got to a place and they had three four wheelers parked, and we wanted to launch our boat. Well, this it was a big lake. And then it went to a bayou or like a canal, and then it opened up to a little pocket way in the back, probably about six, seven hundred yards down. Well, the guys wouldn't want to move their bikes. I said, yeah, man, I said, can y'all please move your bikes? I said, we're going to hunt, you know, way down the pipeline. It was down the pipeline. And uh, they're like, no, man, uh, we, we got this place sold up. I said, well, I said, I'm going to ask again. I said, could y'all please move your bikes so we can launch our boat so we can go along? No, man. I said, well, I said, I'm going to have to move myself then. I said, because you told said, him you were going to move. I said, I'm going to even move myself, or one of y'all going to move. I said, because these bikes are going to move. <laughs> so one of the guys came on and and and, and moved the um the bikes. You know, I said, man, I said, well, I said we hunt, we're not even hunting this area. So we're hunting almost, you know, a thousand yards down. You know, I said, you I said, just trying to use it the easy way. Or we could do it the hard way. Yeah. I said, but those bikes are going to move one yeah. way or the other, man. <laughs> I mean, it's just how it is. And, and those of you who don't know Troll, he's serious on that. Yeah, he, I mean, he was going to move those oh, bikes. Yeah. I promise move, you, man. Oh yeah. But yeah, I mean, that, that's a good. Y'all were just trying to use it as an access point. I knew we yeah. were like, we were right behind them. Like we were about probably maybe a minute and a half, two minutes behind them, like down the trail. You know, going to the same area. You know, so we went like 45, 50 minutes after. We were right on their ass, you know, yeah. like getting to the to the area, you know. Yeah. Not to the spot, to the area. So. Yeah, y'all were basically running together. Right, yeah. Well, you know, yeah, I mean. And, yeah. And the other, one of the guys, hey, man, you, know, you got some toilet paper? I need shit. <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah, but well, I got some toilet paper, you know. So he, they're trying to be dicks at the, at the beginning, and now one of them needs the shit, and uh, you know, I'm the toilet paper. Yeah. So we give him some toilet paper for him the shit, you know. So, I mean. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, that's true story, oh, man. Look, you come out, you, you, you meet all kind of people in these areas. I mean, we've had, we've met people from, uh, I mean, up I'm up in central Louisiana. I'm, I'm, what, an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes from right. Baton Rouge? Yeah. I've had people come up here from East Baton Rouge. Yeah. You know, and it's like. 
what are you doing up here? You exactly. passed you passed ten different areas. Oh, the Atchafalaya yeah. Basin, which is so huge. Right. You passed that area that has so much more space to hunt in. Yeah. But yet you're gonna come up here. I, I mean, he's and then his response was, "Well, we found it on the map. It looked like a pretty spot." And I was like, <laughs> "Go hunt. Go. You know, knock yourself out." Yeah. yeah. He was gonna try and go fish at the same time he was hunting. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, you might want to leave your fishing poles in the in the blasting cast. Yeah, huh? yeah, blasting cast. This is what he called it. Yeah, so hey, blasting cast. And the reason you're saying that, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. But what's the what's the rules here? Fill everybody in listening for what you mean on well, that. Well, for spring by wildlife management area, and I'm not sure about the rest of them. Um because uh, this is the I main, think it's specific to this one well, that this, I know of. This is the main one that I hunt. Um there is no fishing inside the wildlife management area until after two o'clock right. for regular duck season now teal season it's it's 10 o'clock yeah but you know teal season is already coming going yeah so regular duck season and you know it's not that we have an overabundance of people uh coming in here during duck season but we do have a few that come in during duck season and they want to go fishing and it's like you know we try to tell them politely you know Hey, you can't fish in here till after two o'clock. Hell, there's even a sign at the boat landing that says attention <coughs> fishermen. Yeah, sometimes. You know, and they get they give the time, <laughs> yeah. they give the dates that duck season's open, the, the two splits, the first split and the second split. And it, it, the basic thing is it boils down to reading your pamphlet and reading the whole pamphlet. You know, we had uh last year we had a guy that came in, I had a buddy of mine that was uh parked at the boat landing one morning and right. uh I'm in my I'm in my blind hunting and he calls me about 7 30 and he says hey man there's there's about five people that's getting ready to leave the boat landing to go fishing and he said i told them all he said you know you can't fish in here till after two o'clock right, yeah. you know and he said one of them looked at me and he said yeah well i didn't read it in my pamphlet so i'm going anyway yeah so uh we're gonna touch on the whole pamphlet thing here, yeah i mean I, you know the game wardens ended up coming out there and and they caught the guy and and, and you know they, they actually the guy's like well i read the pamphlet and he's like did you read the second page and he's like well what second page so <laughs> He flipped it over and read the second page, and there it is in bold right. black print. You know, it says no fishing until after right. two o'clock. So the guy couldn't argue with it. He wrote him a he wrote him a ticket for it. He got pissed off about it. Man, and it's like, you know, there's nobody you need to get pissed off about except for yourself because you. I had somebody that landed that told you initially. <clears throat> yeah, you, you didn't listen to him. Yeah, yeah, and, and this guy wasn't even from the area. He was from out of town. Right. So uh, you know, it's, reading your pamphlet before you go hunting fishing, anything in a wildlife management area, that's the key every year. Yeah. If you can understand what's going on in your wildlife management areas, your trip is going to be so much better. You're going to have such a great time, you know, and you know you're and within the you boundaries. you got to read it within, word for word. Yeah, and within yeah, the page, laws. Man, you know? Yeah, yeah. They, they don't make it exactly easy no, all the time don't. to understand and clarify it, you know. But, I mean, they got to make some money. You got, yeah. <laughs> you know? That's the way they generate money, hey, for yeah. sure. Not everybody's going to sit down and read that whole book. I mean, it's just how it is. Yeah. You know? I mean, they, yeah. gonna, they might look at the at the wildlife management area they're going to hunt, and it might be three pages long, but they might look at the first page and a half and be like, all right, we're good to go. Yeah. Then that second, that second page and a half might have all the information that they didn't read, that's gonna burn them in the ass and yeah but you know, the, what, the, you know? The, the good thing about that is you can look at if, if you get if you religiously get the hunting or fishing pamphlet right every year you can look at the one you had from last year yeah and the one you get this year there's a section in that pamphlet that shows you what the changes are from right. last year to this year. That's a good point. That's a very good point. It shows you exactly what the changes are. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you have to read the whole pamphlet. You That's can right. read what the changes are. You know, per correct. wildlife management area, per season, 
you know, per species, whatever. Yeah. And, oh, and yeah. you know, you don't have to sit there for a day or two and read the whole pamphlet right. to figure out yeah. what's going on. Yeah, that's a good point. It summarizes it all for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, the, something else that, that's becoming a big talking issue online right now and between hunters is uh, a lot of our wildlife management areas have, um, you know, obviously state wildlife management areas, are, you would think, if without once again reading the pamphlet and looking a little further into it, you would think, okay, public, right? Public hunting, wildlife yeah. management area funded by the state. But what a lot of people don't realize, especially new hunters, and it seems to be this question is coming from new hunters, is that there is leased land in a lot of our wildlife management areas throughout the state. Correct. David, you're a perfect example of that. Right. You lease here in Spring Bayou, you lease a portion of private land that if you don't know no better or don't look at the guidelines, don't look at your regulations, it's sitting right butt up to everything else. <coughs> and, you know, it would be easy for somebody to make a mistake other than the fact that you got a permanent blind sitting Correct. right here in that spot. Yeah. You know, but I remember when I first started hunting here years ago, when I went down that area where you're blind specifically – you know, at I didn't even want. I thought the whole Holy section that, yeah. was you know private because they had posted signs. Yeah. Uh, but in your situation, it's not the situation. So kind of explain to people about that. What your take is on that? Well, within within the the area, the, the wildlife management area that we hunt, there's a there's actually two hundred and I think it's two hundred and eighty acres that's actually private property that they didn't sell to the to the state when the when the wildlife management area took it over. So uh, that that 280 acres is still considered private property. So it's like any other private property, in the, in, you know, that you have. It can be fenced off. It can it can be closed up. So that, and part of it covers a navigable waterway. Right. Yeah. And, and right. a lot of people tell me, well, you can't close off a navigable waterway. Yeah. Well, yes, you can. It's private property. You can fence it off. And and part of it, you know, the first part of it, you're on the wildlife management area, then you cut through our section, yeah. and then you can, once you cut through our section, you get back on the wildlife. Well, there's an access point to get to that last section on the wildlife. You just got to have access. Point. You got to have access. But yeah. the problem is, majority of the time, and I'm going to say majority, like 99.8% of the time, that access point is chock-a-block with grass. Right. That's not our problem. Gotcha. That's a problem between the wildlife management yeah. area and the other people who want to make access to that. If, you know, if worst case scenario is, and we fenced off that 280 acres, yeah. well then the, the, the people would have to go talk to the wildlife management area to get that access point cleared out so they could pass. Correct. But it, uh, it would be the state's responsibility to clear Correct. That. To clear that out. So, I mean, you know, be cognizant of your surroundings. Uh, and like it's spring Bayou over here, there's a map. When you go to the main landing, the boggy Bayou landing, there's a metal map up on there. And it shows you there's a, there's a there's the squares in there within the wildlife management area that you can see that's private property, so you you can kind of tell where you're at. And then you know there's a couple apps you can pull up on your phone. Oh, uh, yeah. A Vols Parish, uh, the Vols Parish uh, Tax Assessor's Office right. has an app you can pull up where you can you can pinpoint who owns what property, Phonics. and within the Spring Bay Wildlife Management Area, it actually outlines who owns yeah. what that main that property. So, uh, you know, yeah. our biggest thing is it's not that you pass through. If you're going on somebody's private property, be cognizant of it. Don't throw trash in it. You know, if you and we don't have a problem with people fish, knock yourself out, you know, catch fish until you can't catch fish no more. Yeah. It's when you start throwing trash, when you start tearing up the property. Right. That's when we have a problem with it. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and, you know, nowadays with the uh, – Troy, you brought up a good point right there. You know, we talk about it here on the show all the time, but it, with the technology we got with cell phones now and stuff like that, Onyx yeah. uh, is an app that we use pretty religiously, Google Earth. Uh, me and Jerry talked about all the different technology for mapping. But Onyx, guys, if y'all have not downloaded that or anything similar to it out there, it's $29 a year, yeah. and it will tell you exactly where you are on yep. any wildlife management area. It'll tell you private land versus public. Yep. And if it's privately owned, it will tell you who owns it, guys. So it is a phenomenal tool to use. Um, it's something that I, I, I don't go without anymore. Um, I think three or four years now I've subscribed to it, and it is worth its money in gold. Because, as I said, we travel all across the state and hunt different management areas. Oh, yeah. So it, it's very vital for us to know that information. Uh, hell, if I'd have had it 20 years ago, 15 years ago, I would have known that that area you in, David, when I hunted here a long time ago, wasn't, you know, I would have known that. But uh, it's there's no excuse nowadays, you know, no, to be no. able not to find out who owns it. Now, no. the, the complaint that was online about the pu public versus private is a lot of private owners seem to be complaining about public land hunters crossing the boundaries and hunting on their leases. Is that something that you've ever experienced? I have. Yours? I have. In fact, uh, in, in fact, I've had, oh, I think two or three incidents, uh, especially in the duck blind where we hunt at <laughs> okay. because it's on the private property uh, where I've gone there in the morning and lo and behold, I've got somebody sitting in my blind. In the like, blind itself? Yeah, sitting in my blind. In fact, they've, they've got their robos, they've got their robos standing up on my poles okay. that I got in my decoy. So I want to hear stories on this. Fill us in. So... Uh, I guess How's that pan out with David Lamont? Well, I, let me let me put it like this. I guess about four years ago, uh, me and my father went out one morning, and uh, we hit we hit the open water, what they call Lacosin, uh, in the channel. And I mean, the fog was just as thick as you could you could cut it with a knife. So I pulled up over to the bank, and uh, pulled out my phone, pulled up Google Maps, and uh, I basically what I did was I just followed my my map. And it pins where I'm at. Yeah. And I followed it down the channel, you know, through the cypress trees and stuff to get to my blind. Where there's a certain point where I can just scoot all the way over to the left and get to the tree line and I'm going to run right into my yeah. blind. So I do that and I get up to my blind and I slow down. I, you know, I'm just idling. And all of a sudden I hear somebody holler, hey. <laughs> and I look up and I turn my motor off and I'm like, hey. It's, it's like, Troy Fontenot, let I'm me like, guess. <laughs> hey, who are you? And they're like, well we're hunting this blind today. I'm like, you're on private property. You're not hunting anything today, at least not right here anyway. And uh, he started to give me some lip, and I said, you got two choices. Or actually, you got three choices. I said, first choice is you can pack your stuff and get in your boat and get out. That's your first choice. Second choice is I can call the game wardens, and they'll come get you out. Or the third choice is this is my blind, and I'll just go ahead and set it on fire, and we'll see how fast you come out that some bitch. Right. Well, I think they went ahead and took the first choice, and within about <laughs> five minutes, they came out. They went with option A. Yeah, they went with option A. So it, you know, non, it wasn't that, not that bad. But you know, I've, I've, like I said, I've had three incidents over the years where people are in the blind, and and a lot of them don't know where they're at, yeah. um, and and they're like, oh, this guy's got a blind, he's got decoys already set. We'll just go ahead and hunt it. We're not there. And I mean, for yeah. us, it's not. We don't have to leave at four o'clock in the morning. You know, I'm yeah. a mile and a half from the boat landing. I can leave here at 5.15, shooting hours is like 6.15. I can take my time, get to my decoys, set my robos out, get in a blind, drink coffee, smoke a cigarette, and I'm ready to shoot. Yeah. 
You know, so you have a lot of these people that are leaving the landings at four o'clock in the morning to go get a spot. They have to get all set up. You know, I don't have that problem. All my, you know, my stuff yeah. is already set out there. I can leave it out there during the season. Yeah. So, uh, you know, yeah. So I've had some incidences like that. I have, thank God, it, you know, I haven't had anything that's been confrontational. Uh, basically, you know, tell them, hey, this is how it's going to be. And they right. go ahead and go with it. Because if not, then it's going to it's going to turn ugly for somebody. And it's not going to be me. Yeah. You, you ever had anybody like try to destroy the blonde you got? Because the blonde you have now that you own, You've been hunting that blonde as long as I've known you. So yeah, I've been hunting that one for about uh, about four years, maybe five years now. You had it, ever and, had uh, anybody try to mess with it, destroy no, it? I have. The, the only thing I have right now is <laughs> in the springtime when the cyclades start running and people start running yo-yos. I get people that go sit in the blind at night while they're running their yo-yos and they leave trash in my blind. Yeah. I mean, that's just you know, if you're gonna go sit in my blind and run yo-yos at night, I don't care. You know, just take your trash with you. Don't leave it in my blind. I don't want to go back in there and see beer bottles and, and bags of chips and stuff all over the floor. Correct. Well, that yeah. was, remember that whenever they burn, they, they still is blind. They burn it to the ground. Yeah, now they burn. They burn a buddy of mine's blind down. That's about oh, I guess three, four hundred yards oh, down yeah. from me. They burn his blind down. But I think that's somebody they got. They got like, aggravated. They got a. They got a ticket because they were fishing during the youth duck hunt at the end of the season. Ah. And, uh, and now that, was that blind on public uh, public or lease? Private. No, that was on it's on uh, private on lease on private property. Private property. Yeah. So like on, yours. Yeah, it was on private property, and I think it was somebody that got a ticket because they were they were fishing during the youth duck hunt. They didn't realize it because again, it goes back to reading the pamphlet Correct. and and figuring out what's going on at what time. Especially when you get towards the end of duck season. I mean, you got a couple other little things that are going on. Deer season's still going on until like, like you know mid February with bow, you know, and then you got a couple you know a couple other things that's going on. So you know, it boils down to reading the pamphlet, and know what's going on. And right. I think they got pissed off because they got a ticket for for uh, fishing during the youth duck hunt, right. and they they knew that one of us hunted that blind, and they burnt the first one down. So a <laughs> good thing for you, I guess, on that one. Uh, but yeah, that's I mean that's that's crazy, man. You oh. hear. You hear those stories all the time though, yeah. about burning. Like I know the Wax Outlet, you know, is a real popular place. A lot of guys get seem to get in confrontations down there. I promise you, tomorrow morning you're gonna hear some stories coming out of that area. Oh, um, but you know, we talk. We've been talking about the pamphlet and stuff. Like that. Yeah, that's really what it boils down to. I mean, there, there was another situation I read this weekend on social media. This this guy is he stand, He was hunting in our area where we have a camp at. Me and Troy have a camp at Sherburn Wildlife Management Area, and he's he was hunting. Or, or he was trying to hunt, I guess you could say, in front of a, a iron gate, and he's on social media posting a picture saying, hey, guys, uh, I see this gate here, but uh, can I hunt it? Because this is public land, right? And it's like on the iron gate that has signs that says fucking posted. Yeah. Uh, do not enter, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And this guy sitting here posting a, uh, yeah. a post to try to ask people for it. You it know? boils down to what form of English don't you understand? Yeah, I mean, you got to be a dumb son of a bitch not yeah. to be able to not understand it i mean even if you questioning that in my opinion yeah what the hell are you doing asking and trying to still hunt it you know yeah, exactly uh I, I think this guy was squirrel i don't even know what he was hunting but it, it wasn't duck hopefully because it wasn't open yet but uh but yeah you see that every year it seems like and it's getting worse and worse right. uh just the, the level of dumb asses out there sometimes and I mean, here's the deal when it comes to public and private land you know private land you have a 50 50 chance if you know who the owner of the property is you know, go ask. The 50-50 chance is either going to get a yes or you're going to get a no. Yeah. You know, yeah, compared, it's the worst to, case scenario. compared to nope. jumping a fence and going on somebody's private property, 
you know damn good and well, 99.9% .9 of the time, they're going to chew your ass out or they're going to call the police department or sheriff's department, whoever is in that area, to come arrest you for trespassing. Yeah. So do the right thing. Do a little bit of research. Find out who owns the property. Go ask them. They mm -hmm. may say, yeah, go hunt all you want. Or they may say, sorry, you know, I've got it for, you know, a lot of people that own their property that, that let, that uh, they, they hold it for their grandkids or their family to go hunt. You know, they have a good, good number of acreage. Their family hunts there. So they ain't got to worry about fighting with anybody else. You know, so, I mean, it, it, do what you need to do to, to, to figure out who owns the property. Gotcha. Yeah, and that's a good, that's a good point. Um, you know, a, a lot of states, when we talked about that with Jared on the show last week, he just got back from a trip in Kansas. And you hear it all the time up north. A lot of guys knocking on doors when they go up north. To, to that, It's popular now to get guys from, you know, Louisiana, Texas, Mississippi. They're going up north down, Oklahoma, Kansas, uh, Arkansas, all these places. And they knock on doors, uh, forums, and ask if they can waterfowl hunt. And a simple asking, a lot of times they grant them permission. You know, It goes a long way. Now, me and Troy laugh because we say, hell, down here in Louisiana it's a little different. But it may not be. We never actually had to do it, you know. <laughs> it may not yeah. be so different, you know. In, in some instances you may be granted some some places. But I could, I, <laughs> shit, my guess on that is oh, yeah. probably nine out of no, ten no. times they're going to tell you. So. But see, a lot, of, a lot of that also asking goes back to courtesy again, what we talked about at the beginning of the show, you know, having a little common courtesy and, and, and a little uh, – uh, just you know, understanding your surroundings. You know, yeah. Not everybody's the same. They don't all think the same. So, you know, correct. Do a little bit of research and, and, and figure out where you're going and what you're going to do, and, and, and talk to the right people. That's it. Well, guys, uh, I really we're, we're looking forward to tomorrow morning. I know we're really excited, oh, and we're wrapping up here on this episode. Uh, we this is the first time in several years. I think we're super excited to uh, to open up here, man, in Louisiana because we got some. Uh, some promising reports. We got some great, or well, I say great conditions, but it's it's very good conditions oh, overall. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot's changed to push them out. <clears throat> uh, the birds that are here, Jackson. What are you looking forward to the most tomorrow morning? What I'm looking forward to most tomorrow is really going to see the lake. I haven't seen the lake yet so far. And the thing I'm looking forward to is seeing the lake, throwing out the decoys, and picking up my gun. Picking up your gun and shooting. Mm. Well, good. What's your what's your what's your goal for tomorrow as far as a limit? You trying to get six? I'm not. I'm not saying I'm trying to get six, but there's two ducks I want to kill: a Drake gray duck and a and a Drake wood duck. All right. For tomorrow. All right. Add add to your collections, huh? Yep. Well, good. Well, guys, I, I appreciate having y'all on the show tonight. David, thank you for joining us this week. Troy, as always, and Jackson, we appreciate y'all joining us. And guys, we appreciate y'all tuning in to this week's episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. Uh, we invite you to check us out on our social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Jackson's running our TikTok page for us. Uh, we'll try to get some video for you guys this weekend and uh, get you some, some up-to-date reports, let you know how we did. But more importantly, guys, wherever you're heading out tomorrow, stay safe. Uh, keep, it, keep it fun, especially for the younger guys, what you keep it fun, and, uh, and keep it as civil as possible if you're on a WMA with a lot of pressure. Uh, but until next time, Jacob with Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors signing off, and we'll see you all in the outdoors soon again.